0: What do you think when you look down upon an anthill? Do you see ants as simple pests, picnic invaders that can ruin a summer's day of fun, or perhaps you don't consider them at all? Ants are simply ants and don't require consideration. What would be the thoughts of a civilization far removed from our own? One that has perhaps unraveled the mysteries of interstellar travel? What would be their thoughts? towards humans. Hundreds of people have claimed to if being abducted by intelligent creatures from beyond our own solar system, taken for experiments, or given messages and portents for them to relay to their fellow humans, what about those humans who never came back? Few of the cases involving complete disappearances where UFOs were present are well documented or have reliable supporting evidence. One of these cases happened on the southern tip of Australia in 1978. This case file joined the gruesome twosome of Braden and Dan as they take to the skies of Down Under exploring the Valentich disappearance. But be forewarned, if you came to listen for highly accurate reenactments and flawless Australian accents, you came to the wrong neighborhood. Enjoy the show.
1: Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing Case File 72. Disappearances. <laughs> uh, I I'm Braden. I'm uh, Dan. Running a skeleton crew this week. That's true. Um, Andrew was a maybe. He bailed. Um Zell is on his way up to northern British Columbia, uh, where he's playing Grizz Fest, so he's uh it's it's a it's a little bit of a jaunt for him. I think it's about a ten-hour drive. I wasn't sure if he's going up tonight or is he leaving first thing in the morning. But uh, either way, he's too busy for the podcast.
0: He's living the dream, Rockstar. star um, lifestyle.
1: Living the dream. He's probably in a van, a sweaty van, with his sweaty bandmates, <laughs> having a gay <Gale> old time. <laughs> um, I'm actually heading there too. I'll see him. Uh, I'll see him tomorrow. So we'll. Uh, I'll send some instagram make sure to follow us on uh, social media i'll be posting uh i'll get a couple uh photos of him i want to feel i i told him to wear an alien theorist theorizing shirt on stage
0: do you say he's see. gonna do it
1: i i can't remember i'll oh. text him after oh, okay um but yeah always oh, uh you got any any other news before we get going
0: mm, nothing nothing that fits in here now we're good
1: Nothing. This. I think oh, yeah.
0: it's gonna be pretty. It's, uh, this is gonna be quick and dirty.
1: Oh yeah, it's. Skelet- as soon as it's just me and Dan, it's. You know, like we we let's let's <laughs> buckle up, everybody. De- <laughs> it's gonna yep. be
0: it's gonna be rough.
1: <laughs> buckle up, yeah. The rest, everyone else, dead weight. They drag us down. Yes. Right. Yep. We're we're running we're, like Usain Bolt now, like yeah, lean, and lean and mean, lean and mean,
0: Aerodynamic. And yeah. yeah, we're ready to go. We've we've cut yeah. all the we've we've. Sand it down, all the edges. Yeah, we're about to break the sound barrier. Yeah,
1: any second now, blast into the stratosphere. Unbelievable light, light speed. Space news.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, what well, uh, I I got a bunch of space news. Not really,
0: a couple. Um. I think this might be the first time we're getting space news ahead of time since we'll be putting this out at the correct time. As long as Zell doesn't fuck this up. Instead of Auroras that are like a week old.
1: Yeah. So if you're listening to this, chances are it's early August, which means you still have time. You still have time. The Perseid... Perseid? Perseid Perseid meteor Mm shower is about to happen.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. It's one of the best uh, meteor showers in in history. Much.
1: Uh, yeah, and it happens every year around this time. This year, the nights of August 11th and 12th, so between 11th and 12th, and 12th and 13th, um, spectators should see about 60 to 70 meteors per hour. That's crazy. Um, but in outburst years, such as in 2016, rates can be between 150 to 200.
0: Oh, is that like 60 um, meteors per hour? Per hour. It's like 60 wishes per hour. Yeah, get so out there. Make a list, get out there. Yeah. We should be <laughs> see, we should see a lot more people riding T-Rexes and like having golden toilets and stuff so. Yeah. I, I anticipate that this is what's going to happen.
1: I always, you know what, like I always I always wish for attainable wishes. I'm like, you know what, like I hope my Amazon I hope I keep this week for the next yeah. four hours. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I see another meteor.
0: <laughs> I hope I eat this uh, sandwich that I'm holding in my hand.
1: I'm trying to... The, so it's Earth passes through the path of comet Swift Tuttle uh, from July 17th to August 24th. The Earth passes through the densest... Dustiest area occurring on August 12th. So that means like if you go outside right now and you look the night, chances are you'll see some meteors. And this is from the the path of comet Swift Tuttle. Um, but it's obviously gonna peak around August 12th. So, guys, get out there, film it, go enjoy it. Um, this is the first time Space News is giving you something that you can plan to go see if you're in a, a big city area take a drive. Go find a dark area. It's going to be worth it. I I know I'm going to I'm going to head out of town a little bit here and uh take a peek. So it should it's going to be really exciting. So Amazon was uh like pumping their face facial recognition software and stuff. Right. Um I can't remember what the cost was like millions of dollars on their facial facial recognition technology and I guess it had kind of made the news because Trump was like Saying that he needs, he wants more facial recognition software and stuff. What? Um. <laughs> basically, uh, an independent researcher did a test of Amazon's recognition facial recognition software, and it failed miserably. So, uh, if they ever do these killbots, chances are uh,
0: you will safe. be killed.
1: You'll be yeah well or you're dead because it'll think you're someone else. Um, it just it failed miserably. It falsely matched 28 members of Congress to mug shots. Basically, it was just it was terrible. This is space
0: news. What's happening here?
1: Well, it's, it's like it's like tech news, right? Oh, okay. I always go space and tech. Oh, Okay. But basically, it, it, it people of color. Uh, it didn't really work on people of color, so. <laughs> <we> got, <laughs> If if you are not happy with the racism already around in the world, wait till you <laughs> experience racism, uh, racist AI, because it's coming
0: for you. That'll be the worst.
1: Other than that, uh, for space weather, if we've got any auroras. Uh, it's pretty, pretty slow, pretty slow in the auroric category. It's been quite a few days. It's been 121 days, spotless days. So it's we're getting up there now to one of the slowest years in the last decade. The slowest day ever, the slowest year ever was 2008 with 268 uh, spotless sun days. So it's, this has been a bad year so far for uh, Aurora's climate change. Uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, other than that, there isn't, uh, I don't have much else for space news. Mm? Dan, what do you got?
0: I got, uh, it looks like NASA's planning for SpaceX and Boeing to start putting up their. Uh, their commercial rockets, I think they're going to start crewing them. They said about 2000, April 2019. They said this November they're going to launch their automated rockets up there that will launch into the lower Earth orbit, dock with the International Space Station. And if everything goes according to plan, they'll be having their crews flying on uh, those Falcon 9s back and forth. It's awesome. That'd be pretty neat. And that's one step closer to commercial space flight. Coming quick. Wait. It's coming quick.
1: I wonder I wonder if in my lifetime it'll be affordable for me to go into space.
0: Mm, we'll see.
1: Well I, well, I know I'll see because I'm going to live mean. my life. But I, what, I, <laughs> what I was asking is, is it going to be?
0: Uh, I hope That's a so good question. I, I don't know. I, I don't think it will become affordable for normal people until they build like a space elevator or something. I think that would be the most affordable way to... The most cost-effective way for... People to go up into space, it's, space elevators, like that's a thing.
1: It is a thing, it, and it's it's plausible. Yeah. Anyways, okay. Um, let's get uh, let's fire up the X three here. Uh, I'm gonna fire it up right now. <laughs>
2: UFOs.
1: <laughs> this so this is uh this falls under UFOs. Carlos Pecinetti. Carlos Pecanetti and colleague Fernando Jose Villegas. Okay. Oh, hold on. I can I gotta read this here. <laughs> I, I'm, why I'm I'm starting to think that this may have because we got a new machine. It may have spit out uh it may have spit out one. That the old machine. Uh, no, I'm gonna read it. I think. I think. I. I don't know this one. All right, Carlos Peckinney and colleague Fernando Jose, Villegas. That name Villegas. I don't know. I feel like when I when it comes off my tongue, I have some like muscle memory in my tongue of saying it like that. Villegas.
0: Villegas? I don't think so. I think I would have made fun uh, of you. I would remember making fun of you for saying it. Yeah. Before.
1: Uh, so Carlos. Pecanetti and colleague Fernando Jose Villegas were the subject of a car stop in September 1968 in the early hours of the morning in Mendoza, Argentina. Both men got out of the car to investigate the vehicle interference and found themselves paralyzed and unable to move. In front of them, we're three entities. Short with large bald heads. Tight fitting overalls. Two more such creatures. Okay, hold on. Are overall, which were the ones like the... Those <laughs> are, those... Are, the
0: are those coveralls or overalls? Uh, those are overalls, but I think people also call it coveralls like the mechanics. Well,
1: see, that's overall. what I think. But because it... They really should change the name of one of them because cover all, it's like cover all your clothes and then overall is like overall your clothes. So I'm like, well, which is which? Because I'm trying to p- paint a picture did, in my head
0: here. I don't think maybe... Are uh, these they bald? Could, no, they're not redneck aliens or anything. So they're,
1: they're mechanic aliens? Yes. Okay, mechanic aliens. So a uh, bald head and tight-fitting overalls. Two more such creatures stood slightly further away across the road next to a hovering... UFO. The creatures came towards the witnesses as if walking on the air itself. The witnesses received an apparently telepathic communication, which basically stated that without the sun, the solar system would not exist. Wow! Wow!
0: What a revelation. Uh, <laughs> Yes, thank you. Bringers of cosmic knowledge. Without the sun, there would be no solar system. You know what? I. I, I think it's stupid.
1: Um, and we're then told that mathematics is the universal language. I'm oh, a fucking genius. Oh, oh, yeah. Wow. The entities apparently scratched hieroglyphics all over the windows of the car. God, you know what? I'm wait, pretty no, sure I yeah. read this one. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure we I did. I didn't read this. Goddamn X3. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yeah, wait a minute. I remember
0: wait the Hyergeal yeah, picks on the windows. Yeah. And you're like, oh, nobody took pictures or something. And
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Stupid. That's what I get. We should have reset the thing.
0: Yeah, we didn't We didn't do that. Ryan's mm. going to be we so didn't. mad at us. <laughs> we didn't. <read>. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we did. That's what we get for throwing away the instructions.
1: Yeah, uh hold on. Mm. Let me let me fire another one out of there. I'll short one. Alright, I got a short one here. A quick a quick print out. Brian Jenkins in April nineteen sixty-seven. Eight Coast Guards, including Brian Jenkins, reported a sighting through binoculars at Brixham in Devon of a cone-shaped UFO, which they described as shining brilliantly. Their description indicates they believed it was made of metal. <laughs> no shit. No. <laughs> it's shiny. Well, it must have been made of metal. Good connection. There appeared to be some sort of hatch on the underside. Jenkins reported the sighting to the RAF Mountbatten. Royal Air Force? Royal Air Force? Royal Air Force. Mountbatten, who in turn contacted the Ministry of Defense. The ministry offered the explanation that the object was something like the reflection of car headlights. The Coast Guard Station commander, Harry Johnson.
0: (laughs) (coughs) Damn it. (laughs) This is great. Just for that. This is the best.
1: (laughs) This is... uh, commander harry johnson they're like oh
0: yeah sure it is yeah every time time they 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 call on the radio this (laughs) is commander harry johnson (laughs) yes sir (laughs) are you laughing soldier no no (laughs) Uh,
1: the coast guard station commander harry johnson seemed less than impressed with the ministry of defense's efforts referring to their debunked debunking attempts as silly. Well yeah, it's because you called your name's Harry Johnson. You're yeah. like, my name's Harry Johnson and I would like to report a UFO. There's no no wonder they didn't believe yeah. it.
0: number one, you're gonna say your name is Harry Johnson. They're already not gonna take you seriously. Then yeah. you say UFO in the same sentence and then they're like nope, totally out. Yeah. Gone. <laughs> um so yeah,
1: like we said before, the dead weight's gone, as you can tell, complete streamlined. <laughs> uh, thank God. Um all right, so uh, today we're going to talk to about we're we're going to talk a little bit about um, UFO disappearances.
0: Yes, indeedy.
1: Um, so basically these are uh, a couple case files. Uh, as soon as you hear Braden and Dan, you know Braden and Dan only. You know things are streamlined. You know we're getting right to the point. So we're going to uh, talk about a couple brief cases where um, I think that I think there's a couple that people that I have I've read here that people attribute they're like well maybe well maybe it's ufos but this one uh do we want to talk about uh this one first
0: yeah let's talk about the well the first one we're going to talk about is the disappearance of one frederick valentich and this case is actually pretty well known if you're australian uh if you're from down under you've probably heard of this one it's one of the more famous ones um give you a quick rundown. It was on October 21st of 1970, oh, 1978. Um, a 20 year old, uh, Mr. Frederick Valentich rented a single engine plane, uh, at a more, Mora Abin airport with the plans of heading, uh, to King Island in Tasmania. And what he said was to catch some seafood, but there are kind of conflicting reports as to the reason why he was visiting. Um, he told some other, he told some other people later that he was going to visit friends so that's kind um, of a well you could do both I guess yeah you could catch seafood with friends yeah you could or catch like, friends uh, with seafood
1: um well you always catch friends with seafood <laughs> um so I, I it's funny I actually didn't i I didn't know that he rented the 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 airplane no. I had heard like I had knew he he had about uh, 150 total hours of flying time, um, and had and held a class four instrument rating, right? Uh, which which essentially authorizes him to fly at night as well, but only in um, what does it say here? Visual meteorological conditions. I don't know what that means. Yeah, he like,
0: was a, he was training to become a commercial airline pilot, but I don't think his scores were high enough, um, for him to be considered actual employment as a, as a airport. So he kind of has a little bit of a checkered history, I'd say.
1: So, yeah. Like so he, he, he applied twice to enlist to the Royal Australian air force, but was rejected because of in, inadequate, uh, educational qualifications. He, I, from all accounts, he really wanted to have uh, a career in aviation and he was studying at the time to be studying part-time to become a commercial pilot uh but he had a poor achievement record uh twice failed all five commercial license examination subjects so it's uh it's fair to say like i'm not going to say he's dumb i'm just going to say maybe he's not the best at taking tests
0: just yeah maybe he's a ba- yeah maybe he's a bad test taker lots maybe of maybe he's those. a bad test taker you know
1: I you know what? First off, I didn't know it was a thing. You could rent a plane. I like. Yeah. Is there like? Is there like? You no know, like, budget car and truck rentals. There's budget car. Yeah, like and-
0: you go to like I think you go to those private airfields. Like you can you can rent planes. Because I don't I, think- I don't think all I think like uh, I think like movie stars do. I think like Harrison Ford does it. I don't think he has his own plane that he flies all over the place. Sometimes he wants to go flying, just rents a plane. He doesn't buy one every time. He wants to fly no a no plane. no.
1: Harrison Ford 100 owns his own plane. That guy's At every guy.
0: single airport,
1: <laughs> probably he probably what? just buys one. He's like, yeah, I'll buy one. <laughs> um. Man. So anyway, so <laughs> he had, uh, so he had been involved in some incidents while flying. He strayed one one incident. He strayed into a control zone in Sydney. He just on this one, he just received a warning. And he twice deliberately flew into a cloud for which, uh, he was almost prosecuted for. I didn't know you couldn't fly into clouds.
0: Uh, I didn't know that either. Of course I'm not all up to snuff on my aviation law, but I didn't I know. know you no, can. Yeah.
1: Cause to be honest, you know what? Like if I was in a plane, I'd be like, look at a cloud. I'm going to fly right through it.
0: Yeah. Why wouldn't, you? I guess. Yeah.
1: Maybe because the, the air, dent- I don't know. There's got to be something for it. But like most importantly, uh, Valentich was in. He was a believer. He loved UFOs, and he had he had told his dad and stuff that he, it was a legit worry of his of one day being attacked by them.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. That you know, that's not the. I mean, that's something that wor- I mean, that's something you could worry about back then. I don't know if I'm.
1: I, mean, I don't know if I'm telling my dad that. <laughs> you know what I mean. I,
0: that's something that's important to him. So, right, you, so gotta, you gotta tell him. So Dan, why are we talking about Valentich here? Okay, well, Valentich, uh, on his 127-mile scheduled flight, um, he actually advised Melbourne Air Traffic Control that he was being accompanied or followed by an aircraft that was about a thousand feet above him. Um the, the way he described this thing was uh, very unusual. It was it had unusual features. It didn't look like something he had seen before. At least he he pretty much reported that it was it was hovering and it's and it's not an aircraft. Like I mean I mean he had been in the, in the air enough. He had enough hours that if you know if he had seen something like this, he'd probably be able to accurately report what it is. But even air traffic control had no idea what that was and they had no record of a flight flying all around there now the interesting thing is that this area that he was flying over uh known as the bass strait uh is actually somewhat known as kind of australia's bermuda triangle which i didn't know until i started researching this that this area has a history of strange disappearances uh they had in 1920, like the first recorded disappearance was a military air code DH. A 9A went down and while searching for a missing ship uh they've had in 1934 the Miss Hobart airliner went missing on a flight from Lousington to Melbourne and that was carrying nine passengers and two pilots never heard from again after they took out a flight. And I think the most and the one before the Valentich disappearance was the disappearance of uh, a Miss Brenda Heen in 1972, and that took off from Canberra, and in a 1930s Tiger Moth, and then she, after that, her and the pilot never seen again. So this place definitely has. I mean, if you look on on the map, it's just it's the body of water that's in between. Uh, Australia and Tasmania,
1: yeah. So it's not it's yeah. not that far.
0: Yeah. So, and
1: it has a history
0: of uh, strange disappearances.
1: Strange disappearances. As soon as you say like Australia's Bermuda Triangle, I'm like, well, that's interesting. Um. So he he's gonna fl- he's he's flying to Tasmania to get friends with seafood. Right. Radio's traffic tours. Some something's on something's. Or flying around him he sees they have no idea what happens next
0: right but they do have the transcript uh between valentich and roby who's this roby he was the one who was uh in the air traffic like, control
1: roby i like to think that's how they say robbie in australian what? roby <laughs>
2: no
0: no i don't no? think that's okay oh, yeah. i don't think that's it
2: well, Dan, why Steve not uh, I'm
0: sorry, it's flight, it's flight service officer, Steve Roby, who is at, um, uh, so he I like to flight. think
1: of it as Robbie and okay. they just say Robbie. Um, <laughs> so anyways, Dan, why don't we, uh, why don't we read this transcript, um, for this transcript, dramatic reading. This is, this um, is the
0: alien theorist theorizing, uh, first. first. This is Frayden um, and Dan, bringing you a dramatic reading of the radio communication during the Valentich disappearance. And uh, forewarning, this is, we're going to do Australian accent, so you Aussies well, get mad at us.
1: <laughs> well, I, I'm going to do a traffic controller accent. <laughs> Dan's going to do the... I'll do oh, no, my
0: best Australian accent. I don't... Right. I don't. Please don't hold it against me. We're, we're trying to be as accurate as possible. Uh... <laughs> So better. now,
1: buckle up and enjoy ATT's first ever dramatic reading. <laughs> this is the disappearance
0: of Frederick Valentich. Of,
1: of, yeah, that, that guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, that dude. That bloke. Oh, it's Australian now.
1: Today, Frederick Valentich will be played by your favorite theorist, Dan, mm-hmm. and uh, radio control operator, Steve. Roby will be played by Brayden. Okay. <laughs>
0: Here we go. That's some wonderful foley work. Uh, is there any known traffic below 5,000 feet? Uh, uh, d- d- no known traffic. Uh, I am... Uh, s- seems to be a large aircraft below 5,000. Uh, what What type of aircraft is it? Uh, I cannot uh, affirm. It's uh, full, bright, seems to me like landing lights. Uh, the aircraft has passed just over me at at least a thousand feet above. Uh, r-
2: roger, and it, it is a large aircraft, confirmed?
0: Uh, unknown due to the speed, it's traveling. Is there any Air Force aircraft in the vicinity?
2: Unknown aircraft in the vicinity
0: yeah it's approaching me right now uh due east towards me it seems to me he's playing some sort of game he's playing over me at two three times at a time speeds i could not identify roger uh
2: what is your actual level
0: my level is uh four and a half thousand uh four five zero zero.
2: And confirm you cannot identify the aircraft. Affirmative. Roger, standby.
0: It's not an aircraft, it's
2: Can you describe the err uh, aircraft?
0: As it's flying past, its its a long shape C- cannot identify more than
2: that it has such speed it is before me right now, Melbourne. And how large would this, er, uh, object be?
0: It seems it's uh, stationary. I am... what I'm doing right now is orbiting. Uh, And the thing is just orbiting on top of me also. It's got a green light, it's sort of metallic, like it's all shiny on the outside. It's just vanished. Would you know what kind of aircraft I've got? Is it military aircraft?
2: Confirm, uh, the uh, aircraft just vanished. Slay again. Is the aircraft still with you?
0: It's uh no Now approaching from the southwest. The engine is uh is rough idling. I've got it set at twenty three twenty four and the thing is coughing.
2: Roger, uh what what are your intentions?
0: My intentions are uh to go to King Island, uh Melbourne. That that strange aircraft is hovering on top of me again it is hovering and it's not an aircraft uh this was the final communication from Frederick Valentich after this they said they had about 17 seconds of silence open uh, microphone and then followed by some sort of unidentified staccato noise some people what? say it sounded like metal or something that's what like, i got
1: like grinding uh, grinding metal which okay. is um which is like, I mean, all accounts like a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people say that when, when seeing uh, UFOs, um, it, it's actually really haunting to like to like read this transcript. Uh, the part where he says like uh, it's not an aircraft, I would love. I wonder if we can actually find the the real, like the real. I I, I try
0: to I've only been able to find some like reenactments of it like I mean better than ours but (laughs) but, Ah! uh, maybe not okay maybe not better than ours comparable to ours but (laughs) uh I don't know if it's the actual audio I think they've only played it on the news when it actually happened um but I i might be some sort of Australian archive somewhere and be able to find it
1: so basically, after um, he, he goes radio silence, um, Mr. Valentich is never seen again.
0: Never seen again. And then the plane isn't even fully recovered, or they never even found... I mean, they, they said that they found, I think, just... Uh, well, they said, like, a month after the appearance, a pilot of another Cessna uh, said that he cited the outline of what he believed to be a submerged aircraft... Um, and but he said he was he made another Passover, but he was unable to confirm the observation. Um, some people, some oh. people who kind of took it upon themselves to look up the official case files said they got new information, and they said that new parts of an aircraft wreckage uh, were found in Bass Strait about five years later after the disappearance with partial matching serial numbers partial so not full
1: so basically right after search and error was undertaken they had pretty quickly going ship traffic 20
0: minutes later they were they had guys out there lockheed p3
1: orion aircrafts plus eight civilian aircrafts the search encompassed a thousand square miles and they found zilch nada search efforts officially deceased October 25th, 1978. So this, the crash happened October 21st, 1978. Um, he's been, Frederick Valentich has been officially missing for 39 years. Yeah, 39 years. So basically it's, it he's presumed dead now. Um, the Department of Tranver- Transportation, uh, investigated into Valentich and they were unable to de- determine a cause, but they presumed whatever happened, it was fatal for, uh, Valentich and yeah, they they found an engine cap foul, engine cowl flap. Sorry, that washed ashore on Flinders Island. I don't know exactly where that is in like comparison. That's a pretty. That's like across the. It's like if King Island's on the left side of the of the Strait, there, Flinders Islands on the exact opposite side of where King Island would be in regards to Tasmania. So it's not it's not like preposterous that stuff from a crash would you know, make its way there.
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, th- these, these kinds of places uh, definitely wreckage over the ocean or any open water is going to be difficult to find. Cause I mean it with currents, with, with, it with ocean currents and like weather conditions can change so fast. It, it's hard to say if, if, you know, if he did crash on the water, it would be extremely difficult to find him. Cause even if you got out there like an hour later, it could be, that that wreckage could be swept away miles from where it started or miles where he went down. Um, If he did get taken by or no a whole. See, you know, it's like, I don't know if these, if you. Okay. So if. Let me ask your opinion, Brayden, if you, would you think that aliens would be more likely to abduct the, the whole airplane or just take the guy or just Um... destroy the airplane?
1: I think I think if they're coming and they're taking and they're flying around a plane like they're taking it to see what we're like we're making like just because they fly this like these unbelievably high tech crafts they might look at our primitive technology and be like how the fuck is that thing working like how do these how do they have this thing in the air right now we don't get it we don't understand Right, They're like, maybe Hmm. they're doing scans of a ship and they're like, you know what? Like, it doesn't even have a quantum drive. Like, how is this in the air? Like, (laughs) we are so primitive that they don't even, they don't even, we're almost like a, it's like when you, when you see like your friend doing something so stupid, uh, so unbelievably stupid, but you're like, and it works out for them and you're like, I can't believe that worked. That's That's kind of what I imagine that we we're doing.
0: Yeah, when Yeah. You see could, I guess. Yeah, you could see it that way because it could be a question of whether I, I think we we tend to characterize like the, the progress of technology in terms of how we did it. Like from, you know, Bronze Age to Iron Age to like Industrial Revolution, where maybe on a different planet where they have a different uh different resources or, or a different type of evolution of their of their brains even. Uh, they could have skipped a whole stage or perhaps their, their propulsion did, they didn't use fossil fuel. You know, maybe they didn't have fossils. So maybe they yeah. don't have fossil fuel, Uh, fossil fuel propulsion, you know? So maybe, yeah. So I would, that could, that, that could work.
1: So, so in that sense, like they're looking, they're looking at the ship, they're flying around it, right? They're shining <laughs> what down. Is and they're, what is it? Like, and they're like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just take it. Let's take the whole thing. Hmm. Uh, And so they take the whole thing for study, right? They're going to, they're going to reverse engineer it, figure out how we're doing it.
0: Yeah. And and also kind of the thing about this, this disappearance is, you know, Valentich in the, in the transcript, he keeps asking if it's a military aircraft. Um, uh, Some people have said that perhaps like he saw a military aircraft and maybe he wasn't supposed to see that aircraft. So he was in the end, you know, eliminated. Um, maybe he saw some sort of markings on it or something like that, that he could identify it, but he just had never seen an aircraft like it before. I mean, it's not, it doesn't, I don't think it really goes beyond logic or rational thought to be like, okay, if, if a military, if an air mili- an experimental, perhaps military aircraft was flying around that area and happened to be seen by, you know, this tiny Cessna. I mean, this would be the time if they were like, well, let's just down them and just that's, that'll be the end of it. You know? So there was
1: like, I want to get, before we kind of get too deep in the UFO thing, uh, it is, it was proposed that Valentich staged his own disappearance. Um, but right away, like if you read it, like they plotted him on radar the whole time, um, right up until it goes, goes dark. um, so that means that, I mean, technically, it doesn't mean he crashed right then and there, but he would then have to know where to fly, um, like to avoid radar. And from all accounts. I mean, well, accounts, you could
0: fly at, if you flew at a certain altitude. If you flew at a certain low altitude, you could avoid radar, but.
1: Yeah, and then, but not pop up and stuff and not get seen. And it it was pretty well reported that he's a pretty simple guy. So they, they didn't, they didn't think, uh, they don't think that plus. Yeah. Staging um, your
0: death is really complicated. Cause yeah, I mean, and, you gotta get a whole new identity. I mean, I don't know how hard that is in Australia. I mean, you're all criminals down there. I'm joking. I'm joking, <laughs> but maybe you are. Uh, <laughs> the,
1: and the his, the Cessna that he took, um, at the time, like he went missing, would have had enough fuel to fly uh, 800 kilometers.
0: Right. So he only would fl- be able to fly 800 kilometers? Cause
1: yeah. So it's it's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's not like with that, you're either going back to Australia or you're going back to, you know, you're continuing on to. Yeah,
0: I think, yeah. He is, the flight that he had planned from Melbourne, I guess his total flight path was going to be about 235 kilometers. Yeah. So it, I mean, yeah. If you're out there, you're gonna are you gonna turn around? Or are you gonna fly? And you don't have any record of him landing anywhere. Like, where's he gonna? I guess I don't know. How? What are like private airfields? Do people have just like private airfields sitting around in Australia? I don't think so.
1: Like, well, then you'd have to plan, You'd have to know about them. You know what I mean? And then yeah. if it is, it's not like private airfields. They're just like they just sit there unmonitored. You know what I mean? Yeah, like,
0: that's what I'm saying. So
1: so there was, there was there was. Reports of um, like a plane landing somewhere, but police investigated and were like, "Well, if it landed, it's gone." So that kind of went nowhere. Uh, There's reports that he committed suicide. However, talking with his colleagues and everyone that knew him, basically eliminated that possibility. Everyone said he was super nice guy, really positive. But I mean, I I I mean, most Australians slim chance, other than the fact (laughs) that like. (laughs) it's kind of a weird one. If you're going to commit suicide, you're like, I'm going to go out with this. Like, I'm I'm going to like be totally calm and make up this whole story with, uh, with UFOs and stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's- uh, from
0: people who, I mean, from reports of people who actually heard the, the actual transcript, like they said you could detect genuine stress and anxiety in his voice from what he was seeing. Like he, he couldn't identify what this is I mean I, that's, I, I, I putting yourself in his shoes or any pilot's shoes where you have this this aircraft that, that appears to be hovering above you and doing all these things that aren't you know, that aren't normal or and beyond your understanding you're just flying in the air and it's just I, I, you know it, it would trip me out like I can't imagine anybody being really calm at that point yeah.
1: No, and um, another one was that he had somehow got disoriented and he was flying upside down, and what he thought he saw would have been his own aircraft lights reflected in the water. That's crazy. And so, so
0: I, but yeah, I I cannot. How do you get mixed up flying upside down? Because stuff's like hanging upside down. You would how would know?
1: So it's called, it's called, uh, they say, well, they said they like right away, they were like always inexperienced and it was the illusion of a tilted horizon. Um, and basically that is because human senses are adapted for use on the ground, navigating by sensory input alone during a flight can be dangerous. Uh, sensory input does not always accurately reflect movement of the aircraft causing sentry illusions but being and these illusions completely
0: upside down like.
1: well some people say that he wasn't maybe completely upside down he had put himself in some sort of what they call a graveyard spiral
2: uh-huh.
1: um so it's a dive when a pilot doesn't like doesn't know his instruments enough but the thing uh the thing that doesn't make sense about that is like if you don't even though if you don't know your instruments enough like you will be like your instruments will like you're going in a spin going down and stuff you know you'll have like your your, is it altimeter alt altimeter altimeter a bunch of other stuff they'll all be doing weird stuff like he would have said like all my gauges are going wild or something you know what i mean like
0: and he was like he was checking i mean he was checking his altitude in the transcript like he was checking the the you know the, yeah. the air traffic control is like Roger. What's your actual level? And he's like, my level is four and five, four and, thought, and a half thousand. He's not so like, oh god, it's going yeah. down. Like, yeah, it's like he's so definitely checking it, and he's like, so it's not like I'm.
1: Yeah, yeah. so like, U.S. Air Force pilot James McGana and author Joe Nichols are the ones that provo- like propose that he did this graveyard spiral. But I was like, they don't really take an account for. <laughs> they don't really take an account like. Him reading the like his altitude and stuff, and then the, uh, James McGann and Joe Nichols say that the lights that he was seeing were most likely uh, the planets Venus, Mercury, and Mars, God, along with I the just, bright star Antares, which would and, have been Antares, Antares, uh, Antares. Oh fuck, man! I'm terrible readers. <laughs> Antares, and they would have behaved that the like in a consistent way of, and I'm like. He was like, it's hovering above me. They're in front you know of me. What? They're below so, me. So somebody, he, was, well, they, how they is he flying? This, He's doing spins and flips. People and shit. pull
0: this shit all the time. They're like, oh, it was Venus and it was Venus and high whatever. You know, you know what? Somebody needs to take me out and show me this shit. That you could be like, Venus looks like a UFO that's like orbiting my plane. Like it's doing shit in the air, like crazy yeah. shit in the air. Please, 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 someone take me out and show me this because I don't know how you wouldn't be able to look at a star and be like, that's a star.
1: I okay, you know. to me is I'm like there is no fucking way. Okay, I sit in a giant 747. I I, I flew I've flown across continents. I sit in there, close my eyes. Well, look and at that, you.
0: You flying across continents. You just
1: <laughs> and that plane. I'm just saying, like you know, the planes normally fly kind of straight. That plane starts to bank even the slightest. I know. Yeah. I know it banks. So you're telling me this guy was doing spins and t- and pointing and like didn't feel the gravity. And, like, just, like, you know what I mean? Like...
0: Yeah. Like, and you're sitting in a little Cessna, you could definitely feel everything. Like, there is...
1: Oh, dude, I've flown them. If the air's rough, like, it sways the whole back, the back, it no sorry, not flow, I've flown in them. It throws the whole back in. They're crazy. Like, the, I've been in I've been in one. I flew to uh, this, this small community in the middle of British Columbia. You can only get to it by, like, it's like a dirt runway. And I'm telling you right now... If the pilot flying that little thing would have just started a nosedive, I would have fucking known.
0: Yeah. And he's... Uh, be, yeah. And also the weird thing is uh, in the transcript he mentions about like how his engine like starts to act up. And that's kind of a common thing with, you know, some UFO encounters, especially with cars and stuff like this where they're affecting the engines and cars and yeah. ending them, you know, stopping them or uh, causing them to kind of misfire or whatever. Uh, that, that's something that, that doesn't like normally happen. <laughs> so with this one, with this
1: one, I, to me, like I, this one's easy for me to jump on the UFO, uh, bandwagon with this one. Um, I, f- you can't unless you can take me out and put me in one of these graveyard spirals and i'm like yeah everything's fine we're not gonna die and the the pilot's like yeah we're about to die that's venus mars and mercury and that's the ocean coming at us (laughs) like i'm like oh what i thought we were fine like i thought we were
0: perfectly fine but we're actually gonna die
1: yeah you know what i mean like and he had 150 hours flying he flew enough that they let him rent a plane do you know what i mean like to tell me then you're like oh well it was because of his inexperience. I'm like, well, why the fuck are you renting people planes? You know what I mean? Like, wh- what's the cutoff for planes? <laughs> yeah. You know I mean, if he couldn't read his dials, how is he renting that plane? Like, I, I don't believe. I, I don't believe uh, that for a second. I That's don't the story. Now, um, he was a huge, he was a huge, uh, like, huge believer in UFOs. And some people say that he faked his disappearance, and be- because of that, and, and staged all this. But I'm like, it, that doesn't make sense either, because he didn't have enough he didn't have enough fuel to go anywhere of substance. He would have still been on Australia or in Tasmania or King Island or the other island there. Yeah, uh,
0: somebody would have recognized him. Like somebody yeah. would have it would have came out by now. You can't just go missing for 39 years and just like nobody ever finds out about you. Like. It doesn't happen.
1: Um, you know, like people like us um, speculate the extraterrestrials either destroyed Valentich's aircraft or abducted him. But I, I don't, I don't know why everyone has to always say, "Oh, they got rid of the air, they destroyed it, they obliterated." It. I'm like, why wouldn't they just take the whole craft with him in it?
0: Maybe I don't they know didn't. If even it was that big though. I don't know if the aircraft was that big, but I mean, he could have, I guess.
1: Yeah. Well, it was bigger than him. Yeah. Because uh, what what did he say? At one point he says, let me scroll back through the, oh, I don't, I closed it. He, I thought one time, does he say, is there any military, like, freighters or military? Uh,
0: no, he just says, like, military aircraft. He just, oh. yeah.
1: I thought he said something uh, about it being bigger. But anyways, like, why not? Or, like, you, you know what I mean? Like, who's to say they can't break it down? Or I just don't think they just destroy it. I think I think they took everything. Maybe they didn't even know he was in it.
0: Hmm. Right? Could, could yeah, could could be. They just um, took it. I mean they thought it was an animal.
1: <laughs> the day the day that um this happened, so um October twenty first, nineteen seventy eight, there were reports individ- there were some individuals reporting seeing erratic erratically moving green lights in the sky kind of around the area off of Tasmania. There was also um a plumber by the name of Roy Manifold, and he claims that photos that he took that day show fast-moving, a fast-moving object exiting the water uh, near the Cape Ottaway Lighthouse in
0: southern Victoria. So that's not too far off. No. And that's, I think, Australia is a really, I mean, number one, it's a really big, really big. subcontinent, and, and it is... Chock full of UFO hotspots. Like there are a lot of UFO settings in Australia, and a lot of them get discounted. But um, there could be tons of probably. I mean, I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't discount like USO bases, underwater, or was it unidentified submerged objects. Could happen. So going and in then, and out of water.
1: So not only, not only Roy, but. Roy Manifold or whatever his name is. There was another. The same day, a Victoria farmer had reported seeing what he claimed to be a 30-meter aircraft hovering over his farm the morning after Valentich went missing. That's crazy. Right? So we're not saying, like, this is an area of where people see weird shit all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. So now you have this guy who's been missing Forty years, with not even—I mean—and like we've gone over this with the the missing Malaysian flight. Like shit that hits the bottom of the ocean could be anywhere, anywhere. Yep. you get some of those streams, but like nothing. Like all you have is this guy. If he's crashing, you know what I mean? Like I just—it's just—it's a hard one for me because I'm like, you read that transcript of him talking. It doesn't like if he was spinning like that just doesn't make sense to me like it makes the most sense to me that he saw some fucked up shit that day like he was he whatever he saw either took him or ended his life that day
0: yeah I mean even if it did the uh, if we say it destroyed his aircraft could have done that left no trace I mean you don't really know what kind of weapons or weaponry the extraterrestrials have but I assume it's some sort of energy based weapon and it was just like I could take it out why they would do that, no clue, but you know, it's,
1: well, you know that, what, that's you,
0: something that could be.
1: It, I, I, then you would, just, yeah, but
0: they, you would find no real wreckage and they only have the partial match. Like, I don't know,
1: yeah, not enough to because for me, for me, because I'm like, you find a partial match in the ocean of where something went down, it must not be even close because. You know what I mean? It must have been like, oh, we have this thing; it's got two numbers on it, and those two numbers were also on this one. And they're yeah. like, oh, so is it a match? They're like, well, it's two numbers of like, you know, yeah, eighty if, of eighty numbers.
0: Yeah, and if as many stuff goes down in that 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 Bass Strait as you know, as I say, as, enough for it to be labeled Australia's Bermuda Triangle, like it can be. A- yeah,
1: maybe that's uh, maybe on the next case file we'll uh, we'll do it. It's called the Bass
0: Strait Triangle. Yeah, um, but it's, it's definitely. A- it's uh, that was fun to look into. I didn't, I didn't know about that. I kind of knew about the Valentich case, but the Bermuda Triangle thing is definitely something I want to get into. That should be fun.
1: Um, but, anyways, Frederick, uh, Frederick Val- Valentich, um, still missing to this day. Still, no one says the leading theory for me is uh, abduction. That's what I think. What do you think, Dan? You think he hit the water or you think he's
0: gone? I think he's gone. I'd go with abduction too. I, I would I'd get on that train.
1: It's uh it's just I it, and I mean maybe we can find some videos and if you're a pilot, if anyone here's a pilot or anything and you and you've been in these graveyard spirals or you can attest to you know flying your plane in like these dangerous spirals that would make Venus, Mars and Mercury look like aliens zipping all around your aircraft and you not notice please let us know because to me that sounds preposterous I don't believe it for a second
0: (laughs) yeah and if any of you have actually like looked and seen a star doing something weird in the sky and someone pointed out to you and said oh that's just Venus please tell us because that's ridiculous I can't no way I see Venus
1: all the time and I've never once been like look at is that hovering around it's zipping around
0: yeah no no I didn't know
1: um. Well, we're we're almost up at. Uh, maybe we should save some of the other ones I have because we we've almost burned an hour and that's what we said we were gonna make this one. So, anyways, look up uh, Frederick Valentich. Valentich. Hashtag. Look it up for yourself. Um, discuss it with us on Facebook. Um, if you got any any information about this case that we didn't cover, uh, let us know because we we're gonna start. To, uh, we're getting to a point where we might have to start revisiting old cases that yeah, uh, we didn't uh, touch on.
0: This one definitely took me down the uh, Australia UFO rabbit hole. So any of our Aussie listeners who haven't stopped listening after our terrible Australian accents, uh, if you want to tell us about some hotspots or some encounters that you've had uh, down under, we'd love to hear of them. We'd love to hear about them. Or I'd love to hear about them. I think there's a lot of crazy stuff in there. There's a lot of, uh, Australia just a weird continent. It's just like most of it's unexplored. Like I'm, I, I really want to get into that Yeah, that stuff. It's like, it's a huge desert, but you know it's in the inside, and some of it hasn't even been explored. Um, there's actually it's kind of off topic, but there's actually a great H.P. Lovecraft story called "The Shadow Out of Time" uh, that takes place in Australia. It's really cool. It's a it's a if, if you want to read it, it's cool. I re- I recommend that. I Anyways, <laughs> um,
1: let's get into some reviews. I have one new review. Um, this review is from. This is the end from the U.S. of A. This is uh, five star review. A.T.T. These guys are hilarious. Always excited when a new podcast pops up. Only downside is they don't put a they don't put out enough content. But you can't win them all. Well, um, if you're like this is the end from USA and you don't think we put out enough content, uh, get on our Patreon and. Um, There's some bonus stuff you get after hours. uh, We do some, uh, you know, some other fun stuff like uh, the one-star reviewer. Uh, Mm -hmm. We play some live Dungeons and Dragons. Um, We're gonna be doing more stuff. Um, And if you want, we're gearing up. We're gearing up. We're gonna. We're gearing up right now. So summer's over, and we told you guys at the beginning. Summer. Summer's a hard time for us to do podcasts. Summer's almost over, and we've made plans so um if you really if you like our show like what we do and you want us to see do more uh subscribe to our patreon uh alien Theorist theorizing because we are going to be putting out more material more podcasts and more podcasts that will hit our patreon before they hit itunes um what else do we got
0: here dan mm, do we got our prolapser of the week uh,
1: yeah let's do zell's prolapser <laughs> of the week um well zell's prolapser of the week <laughs> is definitely going to be uh louis caravs caravs Caraves. i don't know i don't know to be Kerev's? honest Caraves. i don't care <laughs> how do you say his name this guy's a dick uh anyways louis uh louis wrote in yesterday had all the theorists laughing uh it made some good banter uh on our text messages to each other and
0: uh he told the hard truths
1: he told the hard <laughs> truth cut deep <laughs> um anyways this was this was lewis's comment yesterday uh love the show but holy shit braden is so annoying case file 33 might be the one that ends me listening super annoying always yelling what was case file
0: what was case file i think 30. that's
1: i think that's moon landing I was really, I was meat draw drunk. I'd
0: you were meat draw s- drunk there? Okay, that yeah. makes sense.
1: Super annoying, always yelling, and his mic sounds like garbage. He loves listening to himself.
0: That was back when you had a shitty mic. So, I did have know. a shitty we mic. Have, we've evolved. We've gotten better. And, and yeah.
1: I, you know what? I've explained this. I've lis- I have listened to that podcast because after we did it, I, I got a lot of messages. Even Ryan was like, oh, dude, that was a little much, that one. What had <laughs> happened, what had happened is... I couldn't hear half the podcast. The mic, the computer and the mic phone I was using at the time, one super drunk. I will admit that right now. Very intoxicated from the metro at the Legion. 100%. Didn't set my gear up properly. My headphone jack wasn't plugged in all the way. So what was happening is as I was moving and wiggling the cord, it was like cutting in and out. So every now and then I would think we, we were having this, these really long silences When really everyone was talking, I just couldn't hear them. (laughs) So then I would start because as soon as you like when you're if you ever try to do a podcast and you're talking with your friend and you both stop talking for a second and you know you're recording it, it's instantly like you instantly know when there's dead air. And so you try to You want to fill it really quick or else Ryan gets really mad when he has to edit out all the dead air. So drunk me. And, and you know what? I like to talk. I don't like listening to myself. He's a chatterbox. I, okay. I got. I, I think I got it. <laughs> when I listen back to my own voice, I go, "Oh, is that my voice? I was trying to fill dead air, but drunk me being loud. Eh. Anyways, Louis, thanks for your thanks, uh, not even constructive criticism. Just thanks for your deeply emotional criticism.
0: Keep listening. We devastating,
1: get better. Devastatingly <laughs> painful. Uh,
0: Hilarious. Personal
1: attack on myself anyways so th- thanks for that louis uh you, you dick <laughs> um and and to all of you all to all of you out there that think you can now just start harping me on facebook to get a shout out yeah, I was just about to say that
0: please don't, don't just think that you could just keep ripping off braden this he was a one this was a one-time thing he's Guess a what? sensitive boy
1: you're gonna you next week i'm gonna start braden's prolapse of the week and it's going to be the people who you know <laughs> compliment me the nicest <laughs> um anyways uh what else we got dan you got anything else you to we want to say before we wrap this one up um
0: i don't think so uh anybody if we missed any of your questions on any of the uh the topics or anything. If you guys got questions, uh, send them in. Uh, we'll try to answer them as best we can.
1: And it, this is, uh, I've told this to other fans before who always say that, Oh, you should get someone doing your social media. Um, we like that when you guys ask us stuff on social media, you're getting us. It's not someone else. It's, yeah. It's, it's
0: directly one. Of, it's one of us.
1: I will say uh, most of the time it's Zell. Some of the yep. time it's me or Dan and maybe 1% of the time. It's Andrew. <laughs> You know, if it's a
0: really you, smart question, it's usually Dan. Yeah, it's usually and Dan. I'll answer it. <laughs>
1: um, but if if we don't answer right away, send it to us again. Um, people always apologize, say, "Oh, I don't didn't want to be annoying." You're not being annoying. Nope. We we definitely like it. Uh, we just get a lot. So sometimes if it kind of gets jumbled in the you know in the machine and goes down the list, it's too hard to go back. So just just resend the questions. Uh, it doesn't annoy us. It doesn't bug us at all. Um, we really enjoy it. Uh, we try to make this as you know as uh,
0: interactive. yeah like we community is, as we can do it.
1: It's all it's all our podcast.
0: Yeah, all us all the time.
1: all us. Um, anyways, okay, let's wrap this one up. Um, as I like to always say, live long and good day mites. <laughs> this is for the Australia listeners down south. Uh, keep those eyes on the skies guys.